Welcome to the Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Podcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Thursday, December 30th day, 2021, coming right up at Psalms chapter 22. Don't you dare miss it. Special guest today, you know her, you love her, it's none other than Temi Lynn with the hyphen. Sup, Temi. Hey, hey, everybody. Tammy's on a remote location down in London, Ontario, Canada. And we're up here at the Companion Chapel headquarters at number 338, side row 28-29, Paisley, Ontario, Canada. And you can give us a call at 509-706-8876 or email either me or Tammy at companionchapel at gmail.com. And with that being said, turn with me in your Bibles to chapter 22 of the Great Book of Psalms. This is a big Psalms. This is one of the most mistaught psalms there is and we're going to straighten it up right now because we know we translate within the bible don't we tammy yeah we know that there's a glossary found within the bible and that glossary runs threads through the bible and those divine threads are god's trademark stamp of validity those divine threads make up the structural fabric of the key of david itself for understanding god is not the author of confusion there's nothing in this book that contradicts itself People create the contradictions. They muddy up the waters, like it says in the book of Isaiah. Now here we are, Psalms 22, verse 1. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring, my lamentations? Now, it's the saddest thing, Tammy, I'm telling you. We've watched hours and hours of TV preachers and with special guests, and I've seen sermons on this and people talking, saying... When God forsook me, why did God forsake me? What did I do? Let me tell you something. We're going to straighten this up right now. First off, always remember, all these psalms, like all psalms, it finds its fulfillment in the true David. David is talking. David fell short many times. Like today when people embody persistent unbelief, imaginative criticism, and chronic disobedience, and, and then when you're in a bind, like something's going wrong, they call out to the Lord like he's your genie in a bottle or your personal butler. Like, what do you expect? What's happening? David fell away from God many times. And he said, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? The answer is because when you walk away from God, you feel like you've been forsaken. You've, you've did it to yourself. God knows how much affliction each of us needs to humble for the eternity. That's why the Bible says God only chastises those he loves and give thanks for chastisement. Because when you walk away from God, you're going to find yourself as it's written in the book of Psalms. There are many ways that seemeth right unto man, but they lead to death. They start off, hey, some people have a few good days. They make up their own you know, doctrine, they make up their own uh, belief system, a few good months, a few good years. Sometimes it goes on even longer. But you can see on the outside cracks forming, the frustrations, the disappointments, the anguish happening. You know, it's, well, if there was God, none of this would happen to me. Well, persistent unbelief, imaginative criticism, chronic disobedience. Like David was a good guy. David means beloved. But David, this David here who is beloved by God, but he they mopped the floor with him like he went through the ringer. And there was a few times he left or forsook God, only in times when he had too much. He was when he was overfed, when he was too comfortable, when there was just when God blessed him with too much security. 
as in like, how, how can I say that? Not blessed him with too much security, but blessed him with too many, too, too good of a time. Like it was too good. Times were just too good. He had everything and then he turned away from God. And then things started to fall apart like a cheap lawn chair. And that's what happens. The overfed, the overblessed people, which is candy United States and Europe, falling away from God. The great apostasy as it's written. The great falling away from truth. And then when something goes wrong, it's like, how could God allow this pandemic? Well, mankind did it, not God. God will never leave you or forsake you. His arms are always stretched out. Now, just remember, this was spoken of by Christ on the cross. And people say, well, look, God left him out to dry there, left him out to hang. Jesus Christ was teaching this psalm. Nowhere in scriptures did Yeshua Messiah, that's to say, Jesus Christ, ever say to Yahweh, that's our Father, or refer to him as God. This is David speaking. My God, my God. Jesus Christ reiterated this on the cross. Now, this is why we have to pound this home. God will never leave you or forsake you. People leave or forsake God all the time. And another thing that's just... It's, it's sad blasphemy. It's too bad that people can't put that together. That, that Jesus Christ was teaching this psalm on the cross for a very good reason that we're going to come up on in the next bunch of verses when we finish this psalm. But also remember in Matthew chapter 26, when Jesus Christ was like, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, sorrowful even unto death. And then he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Was he trying to bail on going up on the cross? No. Jesus Christ went up on the cross at the appointed time. The worst death you could imagine. Like how would... Uh, we're going to talk about this in Psalms 22. When it talks about the Lord Jesus Christ being nailed to the cross. People weren't nailed to the cross back then. This was written a thousand years before. People got hung or they got their heads lopped off. Or they got stoned to death. So David wrote this psalm. 1,000 years before. And then in Matthew 26, Jesus Christ is saying, if it, if it possible, let this cup pass from me. What are you saying? He thinks he was forsaken and he was trying to bail on it? The cup of wrath, which he wanted to pass, is what we're going through today. He didn't want us to go through this. God said right from the beginning, he says, I repented that I have to put these people through this flesh age. But he has to. And repented means for God, not like for us. For God, it means side with disappointment. He didn't want us to go through this age of troubles, turmoil, anything but peace. Just full of the evil, to all the trademarks of evil. Anger, aggression, arrogance, gluttony, greed, possessiveness, and even the anxieties, blames, and worries, and the, the obscene entitlement, people's attitudes of obscene entitlement. But no, Jesus Christ is saying... I wish that I could let this cup of wrath pass. But hatred has to finish itself off. And as it's written, evil destroys itself from within. And that's the only way to get rid of the evil in the universe. And so this is not our Lord Jesus Christ up there. Uh, these these were, were the words of Christ in Matthew chapter 20, uh, I guess 27. When he said this, yeah, that's right. Matthew 27. When he was up on the cross, Jesus Christ taught Psalms 22. And we're going to teach it now. So let's continue on. God will never leave you or forsake you. He didn't leave or forsake Christ. He didn't leave him up there hanging in limbo. 
Because our Lord Jesus Christ was God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and tabernacled among us. He's our teacher, our rabbi, our master, our wonderful counselor. He is wisdom personified. Okay, now we got that clear. Jesus Christ went around saying he was God. He's the righteous right arm of God, the ministry of salvation. If you don't believe that, then, I, then you think Jesus Christ was a liar. So you may as well go play somewhere else. Verse 2. Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not in the night season, and am not silent. This means he's, David's not sleeping well here. Now we just finished teaching uh, the book of Samuel, and... I read the book of Kings, and you can see in the book of Kings and Samuel, David's troubles were always when he turned away from God, when he didn't inquire of God, when he didn't seek God out, when he didn't trust God. He trusted his own heart. So remember, David is the first David, and the true David to come, son of David, Hosanna as it's written, save us, son of David, Lord Jesus Christ. It's the same as when you see Lord Jesus Christ referred to as Adam, Adam, the first guy, Adam, that you read about in the book of Genesis, he fell, just like this David fell. The second David, our Lord Jesus Christ, perfect in all his ways, not guilty, innocent. The second Adam, Adam, that man, Adam, perfect in all his ways. No guile, no malice, no corruption was found in him. He laid down his life at the appointed time. He will not compromise with evil. He did not negotiate with evil. He will not make concessions with evil. And when he laid down his life and that blood spilt, his life force, his soul and his spirit went back to Father and he set up a kingdom of heaven that is valid, it is legit, it is bona fide, it will not accommodate evil. That was the most selfless act of love and compassion beyond our present comprehension to set up a place of peace for us, for you. He loves each and every one of us. You have to come to terms with what's inside of you. So God, your Father, Yahweh, can reconcile you through the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's carry on here. So this is David. He's saying it. he's not sleeping well. But thou art holy. He's turned back to God. O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel, our fathers trusted in thee. They trusted, and thou didst deliver them. Remember, out of the exodus through Moses, they trusted God. They followed that pillar of light. They cried unto thee and were delivered. They trusted in thee and were not confounded. They were not confused. So just think about that. When you think God has forsaken you, you have to trust him or you won't be trusted. You have to confess to him and confide in him or you can't abide in him. He knows your thoughts and intents in real time. There is nothing hid that shall not be revealed. You have to have unadulterated faith and belief in God or you get no relief. And we're talking about our Lord Jesus Christ, the mediator to Father, His righteous right arm. Verse 4, or verse 6. Now we're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ here. But I am a worm and no man. This worm means scarlet. He, they've hurt the Lord Jesus Christ. They beat Him. They spit on Him. They punched Him. They pulled His beard hairs out of His face. Like this mob of people. It was 600 people gathered there. Just a mob mentality. They put a crown of thorns on his head, which would have cut him. And they were looking on him. This is God. This is a prophecy of Christ. The enemy hates him. That goes back to Genesis 3.15. I will put enmity between thy seed and your seed, Satan, between the seed of the woman, the coming one, our Lord Jesus Christ, fulfilled here. 
written a thousand years before it was fulfilled in Psalms 22, but fulfilled in the book of Matthew when our Lord Jesus Christ came and fulfilled this prophecy. They trusted, okay, a reproach of men and despised to the people. Yeah, they hated him. 600 people gathered around. Crucify him, crucify him. Just a mob scene. Seven. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip and they shake their heads saying, He trusted in the Lord. He trusted in Yahweh. That he would deliver him. Let him deliver him. Seeing he delighted in him. Those were the actual words of the priests. As you read through the, through the Gospels. He trusted the Lord. Deliver him. Yeah, out of this hell that we're in now. Delivered him. Set him up as king of kings, lords of lords. Set him up as the prince of peace, of the true peace. And, and set up a, a kingdom of heaven that is valid. And it is there for you whomsoever will. But thou art he that took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. Be not far from me, for trouble is near. For there is none to help me. They all skated. Everybody skated on our Lord Jesus Christ. Like Peter hung around a little bit. Some of the women hung around, but he had lots more disciples. So just not only the 12 apostles took off, but Peter denied the Lord also. But we weren't there. So don't sit back and judge. You have to consider human frailty. And we consider that with each other. That's all part of forgiveness. Verse 9. Verse uh, 11. Note 12. Many bulls have compassed me. Strong bulls of Bashan have set me about. Oh, is he in the middle of a herd of cattle? No, let's go to Matthew 27. And Matthew 27, verse 27. Then the soldiers and the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him a whole band. Now it says soldiers, but that's in print. It's not in the manuscripts. This was a whole a lot of riotous people with a mob mentality. Now remember, you have to think about this. When there is a occupying force, like these Romans, they're heavily outnumbered. And the last thing they want is a riot. And the last thing they want to do is is like take the people too far that there will be a revolt because they're outnumbered. It's an occupying force. And so back then, like, and even now, you see the mob mentality. Like, people are just looking for something to get angry at, it seems. Like, we've seen all these marches, demonstrations. We've seen America on fire. And we see it all over the world. Mob mentality. That's what Jesus Christ is talking about, these bulls that have come past around him. They stripped him. They put on a scarlet robe. They were mocking him. Like, just mocking him. And when they had plated a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and a reed in his right hand, mocking him and bowed a knee and say, mocked him, hail king of the Jews. They spit on him. And they smote him in the head with that reed. Like brutal humiliation. Like Christ took the lowest earthly position. Christ took the lowest earthly position for us. He was innocent, not guilty. No other human being can say that. And after that, they mocked him. They took his robe off him and put his on his own raiment and led him away to crucify him. There's Psalms 22, verse 12, 13. Many bulls compassed around him. This just means strong bulls. These are strong people. Their hatred is strong. Right, Tammy? It's a strong emotion. Right, Tammy? Oh, it's horrible. It's a horrible emotion. All the trademarks of evil are strong emotions. We have to learn to say no to ourselves when we feel those things, when we're conceiving those things inside of us. 
and they gaped upon me with their mouths as ravening and as raving and roaring lion. Like only Pilate called him a just man. I am poured out like water, all my bones are out of joint, my heart is like wax, I'm melted in the midst of my bowels. This is being hung on the cross. And again, back then, like if you look at when um, the Gibeonites came up to David and said, yeah, we want uh, so many people to make amends for uh, what happened before, and they went and they, they hung them, like hanging by the neck, like what happened to Saul, Jonathan, and Saul's uh, posterity, where David gave him up to the Gibeons, it was either to get your head chopped off or you get hung by, an, hung by your neck. There was nobody going up on a cross then. There wasn't this, that was a Roman torture thing. And try to imagine your hands and feet smashed through with giant nails. And then you're left there to die. Like what kills you? Dehydration? Like, just the excruciating, humiliating pain. You're up there in your underwear. Like, just just brutal what they did. Jesus Christ took the lowest, lowest earthly position. And he, that was all prophesied right here a thousand years before. My strength is dried up as a potsherd. My tongue cleaveth to my jaws. And now has brought me unto the dust of death. It's the prophecy of Christ right there. The dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. Now again, with the, with the piercing of the hands and the feet. Why is this psalm one of, the, one of the few psalms that's not written to the chief musician? When we finish the psalm, the subscription. Because... God is letting God is Yahweh's telling David to write this down. David wouldn't have handed this in for public use because David would have been like, "What is this?" Like David would have been told, "This is pure prophecy. This is yet to come," because David was a prophet. But to give it to the general public, they would have been like, "What is this?" Until the Lord Jesus Christ fulfilled, as it's written, He came to fulfill the law and the prophets, to fulfill these blood ordinances, to fill his, fulfill his spot, his duty in prophecy. I tell on my bones. And in fact, when you read this in the Hebrew, they pierced my hands and feet. It actually more is like, yeah, they pierced my hands and feet. They broke them up by smashing nails through them. They part my garments among them. Uh, they look up at me and stare at me. Like they're all wagging their heads and they were just... Mocking them. That's mob mentality. Like people will just gang up on somebody. And they know not what they do. Jesus Christ said, forgive them. They know not what they do. That's almost incomprehensible. But he had nothing in him. No guile, no malice, no corruption at all. He, and he had to because if any of those things penetrated him, he could have never said in the book of John, Satan, you got nothing on me. Nothing. You didn't get under my skin at all. Maybe my flesh skin. You can fear not those who can kill the body. Fear those who can kill the soul. Satan has nothing on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's one of my favorite verses in the book of John. Satan, you got nothing on me. And that makes the kingdom of heaven valid and legit. Because if Satan had something on the Lord Jesus Christ, then, then he would have no right to tell the people that had whatever he had on him to come on in. Come on in. Just let's, you know, let's just set up another new hell here. They part my garments, they cast lots, they're gambling for his garments. But be not thou far from me, O Lord, O my strength. Haste thee 
to help me. Deliver my soul from the sword. That's the sword of Satan. That's what comes out of his mouth. That flood of lies and deception. My darling from the power of the dog. What's this darling mean? I forget. Just hang on. I have it written down. From my, from the only one. Oh, my only one. My soul. What he's, he's referring to his soul as his darling. That's the one thing that, that's the most valuable thing you have. Is your soul. The absolute most valuable thing. It can't be bought and sold. God owns your soul. That is what you are. You're a human being. Your spirit is who you are. That's the intellect of your soul. That's your reactive attitude that motivates all actions. And the Lord Jesus Christ, darling soul, save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast heard me from the horns of... My Bible says unicorns. What does yours say? 21. Um, it says wild oxen. Yeah, well, it's actually... Just, it's just, from the horns of the wild oxen. Well, it's, just go back to, to verse 12. The bulls, the strong bulls of Bashan. Like, those are big bulls. Those were like the, you know, first prize at the Royal Ontario Agriculture Fair bulls. Like, and that's what that is. It's the same. My Bible says unicorns. I didn't even know they had a unicorn. But, uh... It just means bulls. The same bulls as in verse 12. Okay? I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the congregation while I praise thee. You know what Jesus Christ is saying here? He's saying like, through the Holy Spirit, I will give you the sacred word. And you declare it to others and I'll declare you to the Father. And if you deny me to, the, to others, I will deny you to Father. Depart from me. You never took the time to get to know me. Those will be the most mortifying words any human being ever hears. And you will meet your maker. And what's on your account? Your account better be clean. And it's free to clean it. But it takes work. Ye that revere the Lord, praise him. And ye the seed of Jacob, glorify him and revere him and all the seed of Israel. Now we see Jacob there is the natural name for the 12 tribes of Israel. And Israel is the spiritual name of the same guy, Jacob. And that refers to whomsoever will. He is your Savior, the ministry of salvation. He is your deliverer, your redeemer, your kinsman redeemer. Whomsoever will. Now watch this come together here. This is just awesome. For he hath not despised, nor abhorred, nor afflicted of the afflicted. Neither hath he hid his face from him. But when he cried unto him, he heard. He will never leave you or forsake you. So that goes back to verse 1. If you leave or forsake God and you got yourself into trouble, for example, let's just use a simple analogy. I'm going to drive my pickup truck 100 miles an hour down this road. I don't care. And I end up in the ditch of water upside down. And I smell gasoline and it's filling up with freezing cold water. And then I cry out to God, God, don't leave me or forsake me. You did it to yourself. Like you did it to yourself. Or if you come up with schemes or scams or the billion trillion ways uh, that you might think are better than following God's word and then all of a sudden you're in a jam or, you, or, or something happens, you get sick. Like you're going to get sick and die, everybody. Or if you find yourself, you know, in a jam. Just the million billion jams. You can't just turn to God and expect him to be there like a genie in the bottle. He's not your personal butler. You have to follow God and understand things are going to happen in these flesh bodies. But he, no, he doesn't leave you or forsake you just because you made a mess of your life and then all of a sudden when you've hit rock bottom, 
Yeah, it takes some work to get out. God has nothing to prove to you. You have everything to prove to God. And you cannot violate the principles of God without consequence. So don't sit there and blame God after you've gone off and just run after all the vain curiosities out there. And then realize, hey, this isn't really working out. I like it. Frustrations, disappointments, you know, just upsetness. And then there you go. Did you leave her forsake God? Or did God leave her forsake you? You left to God. It takes, you have to work on it to get it back. You have to have a working knowledge of the Bible. And you have to walk it and you have to talk it. And I forget what verse you're on. Tammy. You're on 25. My praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. I will pay my vows before them that fear, fear him. It's revere. Revere and fear. We go over this all the time. It's the same word. If you fear God, if you fear your father, it's because you've done something wrong. You revere him. And in the great con congregation. That's the great assembly. And this is actually in a military aspect term, which means Israel. He's the king of Israel. Israel means... It's a cipher for Isaac, Sarah, Abraham, Rebecca, and Leah. And it means prince of God, like in the victory sense. It's like saying soldier of God. And whomsoever will. We're all part of the human fa uh, family. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart, your spirit shall live forever. Yeah, if it's meek. And meek means to afflict yourself with self-discipline. Learn to say no to yourself in the face of all the vain curiosities that come up to you every day on the internet, face-to-face, -face, your thoughts, your intents, your actions. You have to walk it and you have to talk it and mean it and feel it. And you can't romanticize who you think God is or who you think Lord Jesus Christ or what you think should be in heaven. It's written here and it's not and that hard. One thing I was going to say, to meet, to be meek, you have to have strength. Yes, self-discipline. Strength. It takes a lot of strength to be a meek person. To learn to say no to yourself. And you don't get, you know, tailed off by all the vain curiosities. Somebody comes up and says, hey, you want to go do this? You want to go do that? Let's go do this. Well, I'll, you know what? I have something I say about the Bible. You know, people and their opinions and their way they, the way they go about their days in the world. It's very selfish. Human beings are extreme on the self-indulgent, selfish side. And it's self-absorbed. And really, almost everybody, with they don't have the love of Christ in their heart, they have an, a hidden agenda of why they do anything. What's in it for me? It's called, it's called attitudes of entitlement and obscene entitlements. How do I benefit off this? How can, looking at others like they're exploitable expendable, surplus. We're all part of the human family. And that goes down to you, rich man, with your financial portfolio. Are you making gain of someone else's misery, of someone else's uh, human rights violations? You watch it. A lot of people in Canada don't even know where their investments are. That's on your account. You can't just sit in there and watch your bank account grow and grow. Yes, I need more stuff, materialism, more progress, more profit, more materialism, consumerism. It's all about me. What's in it for me? Look at the way my financial portfolio is growing. Well, guess what? Are you getting rich at the expense of others? And Jesus Christ will say, hey, look, look what's on your account. And you're not going to have anything to say about it because you knew. It's like people today. There's investment portfolios today that are all in oil, mining, 
and in weapons. And people say, weapons? What do you mean? Canada, United States, and Great Britain pretty much make all the weapons for planet Earth outside of Russia, which makes their own. And they have enough anyway. But they make all the weapons, selling them to places like Saudi Arabia. And why don't they stop? Because we know what people, those Saudi Arabia people are doing. It's human rights atrocities. Like the war machine that we create through our investment portfolios and the human suffering is untallable. Is that a word? Untallable? Tammy? Um, I'm not sure what word you're trying to use it's right not, now. Uh, you can't tally it. Total it. Oh, okay. For his kingdom I... is... Are you done, Tammy? Because I was just getting ready to read the next verse. Please go on. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord, and all kindreds of the nations shall worship before thee. What a great verse. Every knee shall bow. Let's go to Revelation chapter 7 for a quick second here. Now this is this is another spot. Revelation chapter 7. I had a bookmark, but I think Tammy took it. Okay. Revelation chapter 7. Now just on a side note about Revelation chapter 7. There's certain cults out there. And I'm just going to say flat out. You're a cult. If you want to go around teaching, and this is a huge cult, I mean giant, go around teaching only 144,000 people make it into the kingdom of heaven. And I'm just like, dude, would it kill you to read the next verse? I'll read it for you. After this, I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number of all nations, kindreds, People and tongues stood before the throne of God, before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palms in their hands. The great Hosanna. That's what we're talking about here, way back in Psalms 22. All kindred nations. Couldn't even count them. Like, I could probably count to 144,000. Hey, Tam? <laughs> but these people think, oh... They just stopped there. That's just what the most insane thing is. It's sad. It's really sad. Because then when you try and tell them, uh, yeah, the next verse, it doesn't matter the next verse. It says right there. Well, you know what? God's, words, God's word is what it is. And uh, we pray for everybody. There is going to be every kindred nation. All We're all part of the human family. That makes the words like racism and Refugee, the two most vile words known to mankind. Just, I can't talk about it. I'm going to get choked up. They're just horrific words. 29. And all they that be fat upon the earth shall eat and worship, and they shall go down to the dust and shall bow before him, and none can keep alive his own soul. So be careful. You have to be careful. If you're going down. All right, listen. Let's just say this. You can't keep alive your own soul is what's being said here. There is only one road to salvation. It's our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the way. He is the truth. And the truth is a great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, and heaven and hell. And that's all there is to it. He will not compromise, negotiate, make concessions. You can't come up to go, you know what, Jesus Christ? Like, I re There's some things in this book that you wrote or claim to be the author of that I didn't really agree with. My name is Sally Jojo, uh, and this is Holy Joe, my husband. And yeah, here, this is what you should have done. Now, can you get aside, let me into the kingdom of heaven? It's not going to happen, man. You egotistical people. It's God's word. 
is inassailable. It answers every logical and moral objection known to mankind. And God's words are promises written in the councils of eternity. Drive it into you. Be somebody. Let's all get over this flesh age and get back to where we belong. Up in the universe, all around these planets, God is the God of the universe. We learned that in chapter 19. That was a great psalm. A seed shall serve him. It shall be accounted for the Lord for a generation. That's a big thing. That's for a deeper student here. I'm just going to leave that at that. It's, it's, it's the fig tree generation. It started in 1948 when the two figs came together. as written in the book of Jeremiah. Another study for another day. They shall come and shall declare his righteousness unto a people that shall be born. That is our job. That is the Great Commission. This is what God expects from you. He gives you time. It belongs to Him. He's watching what you do with it. He gives you provisions. He's watching what you do with it. And our Great Commission is to help. Not just help. It is to get involved and be somebody. Glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word. Because we're all part of the human family. And then Jesus Christ finishes it up. That He hath done this. That means it is finished. And that's what he says in John chapter 19, verse 30. It is finished. Prophecy has been fulfilled. Sacrifice paid in full. He paid the price. He taught that whole Psalms 22 when he was up on the cross. Then he laid down his life at the appointed time. And isn't that just the greatest thing? He came not to change one jit or jot of the law of the prophets. He came to fulfill. The word of the Lord. Well, I want to thank you very much for listening. My name is Mike. This is the Companion Chapel. And we had Tammy with us today. Uh, Tammy, do you have anything uh, interesting possibly to add to the podcast today? (laughs) (laughs) I I don't have anything interesting. I just want to say God bless everyone out there. You know, be kind to each other. And always remember human frailty and keep trying every day. And the words of the great Jerry Springer. Be good to yourself and each other. What did he used to say all those years that you used to watch that, Tammy? Tammy never missed an episode of Jerry. Did you, Tammy? And we pray for Jerry. I I mean, I was trying to get on the Jerry Springer show for so long. I bet you were, too. We own our trailer. That's what you wanted to say. Remember that, Tammy? We own our trailer. My, My life is an episode of Jerry Springer, so... Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I've seen a lot of things in my lifetime, and yeah. All right. Well, with that, Tammy, I want everybody. God's, God's will never leave you or forsake you. As soon as you can humble yourself and turn to the Lord, He's there. He always gives you a way out. You might not like it. You might not think it's the most profitable, or might not think it's the most convenient. But he gives you a way out. It's about discipline. A true father disciplines his children. He has to let this evil run its course. Don't be part of it. Don't perpetuate it. Get the love of Christ in your heart. I want to thank you very much for listening. Get in touch with the Companion Chapel today at companionchapel.com. Get involved in the church administration with your time or money contributions. Managing, marketing, advertising, whatever God-given talent you have. God expects you to use it in the many-membered body of Christ. How are you blessing others? with the blessings God has given you. Well, God bless you. I want to thank you very much for listening. Have yourself a great day and bye for now.